Welcome to JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. We boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices. Our reinvigorated website is fast, user-friendly, and offers our customers an array of unique features. No access to a computer? No problem. Download our ShopJR app in the Google Play Store or our steals and deals in the App Store, and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before 3. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Sit on the back of your shirt <laughs> and pulled open. <laughs> Jack, uh, you said you just lost some weight. How did you lose weight after I Philadelphia? I gained weight. Oh, so I'm up like a uh, thousand pounds. I look horrible. Last week, Jack was, was a, a zoovy. It was an amazing week. It was the Nightstick release, our 13th cigar collaboration. 13, a baker's dozen. And that was quite a week. <laughs> that was an incredible week. What would you. How would you summarize and or describe the I'm week st- I'm still hung that over. was? I'm still hungover. That's, <laughs> that's part of it. I mean, it was amazing. We got to see so many different places and meet so many dojo folks and, you know, just hang out. And that's what cigars are all about. It was incredible. Do you have any uh, lasting sort of memories, anything that stuck out about? Yeah, uh, ma- mainly Juan Cancel related. <laughs> and those are l- less like memories than like haunting images that are stuck in my head. Did, did Juan Cancel headbanging was pretty incredible. Yeah, and uh, I, I have one. Uh, you you doing shots out of the hollowed out nightstick was that pretty was pretty good. cool. And then that when I tried to good. do it, when I tried to do it with one of the nightsticks that had a hole in the bottom of it, that and I just poured beer in it, or champagne in it, <laughs> just went straight through. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. That was pretty good. That was an amazing <clears throat> week. So we visited uh, we visited the CI Hamburg store, which is incredible. That was it. Was the most amazing cigar shop I've ever been in. It was, it, we, you know what? You described it the same way I did, and we didn't even know that yeah. we did this. But it's sort of like a Cabela's, except for it, imagine a Cabela's as a cigar yeah. It was shop. like it was like everything you could ever want, and then, and we were then in like of the sunroom, and and then of course fa- the famous shop is oh amazing. yeah, the that's Leaf the fa- restaurant. The, the famous shop is kind of like like you know feels like a place you could just live and hang out, and like you All know everybody knows your name. And CI was like the like yeah superstore and smoke maniac. That was Super awesome. Cool. Shout out Costa. Yeah, he Costa's bull- a great guy. Bullied me for an entire week. Yeah. And then finally, we went to uh, Brian's Caravan Cigars in Bath, Pennsylvania. Super cool, old, like, I f- yeah, vintage I f- house. I fell in love with that little town. That was really, really fun. That, that, that whole trip was just everything about it, hanging out with Jeff Todd and Barry. Yeah, we went, went twin, twin smoke shop last Cigar night. Cigar cop Barry. 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 There was a night uh, in our hotel. Nobody knows this part, but there was a night in our hotel where we were laughing so hard that the uh, the hotel people had to come tell the security, us to shut up. Yeah, security got on us because we were laughing. <laughs> so uh, what were we laughing about? I, I don't even remember. It was the Patriot, you know, the New England bit you were doing. 
Oh, I don't even remember it. Oh, right, like, right. Yeah, New yeah, England yeah. people, everything they do is like, oh, did you get, you got Tom Brady last night? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, that was a good bit. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> good bit. We were laughing so hard. So, guys, this is an, a special episode of Smoke Night Live, not only because we have a great guest on, and we're gonna be, it's Whiskey Night in the Dojo. Yes. Hashtag Whiskey a Dojo. I had to watch the show yesterday, too. I didn't know what that meant. You, you acted like you created fire. But I had to go Google That's it. the greatest hashtag in all the world, and none of you young guys even know what. No, that's fine. You know, whiskey a dojo, you know, whiskey a go go. Okay, well, I, now I'm tracking. I'm just saying, right. I didn't know in the past. But, anyways, so tonight, the, last night was craft beer. We had Randy Griggs on, craft beer guru expert I haven't gotten guy. I haven't the uh, full episode yet, but it was and a great episode. It was a great episode. We had a good time. <laughs> Randy stayed super late. We had fun. But then tonight, we're going to be talking about whiskey. But before we get there, we would be remiss mm-hmm. if we didn't uh, quickly talk about. You, you're yeah. you got a gig, you got a job. Jackie, Jackie Vacations mm. has died. Jackie, and now in his ashes, Jack the Rapper. Jack I came up with that. Jack Come the on. <laughs> Hashtag Jack Look the Rapper. I got my gear on. Yeah, my boss is watching right now. Look Jack. at George. I got my gear. I'm on my best behavior. Jack, I'm not smoking. A, an, I'm not smoking an Alec Bradley cigar. But I, yeah, I'm the West Coast Territory Manager for Alec Bradley. For Alec Bradley That's cigars. That's amazing. That's crazy. And to think, to think that, that you I was just worked a little, for the yeah, dojo for li- three months. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little pup. <laughs> I was a little pup, you, and you guys nurtured me, and then I. That's the power of the dojo. You yep. work for the dojo for three months, boom, you get a <laughs> you get a territory manager job for Alec Bradley. Yeah. So that's really exciting though. It's, We're really happy cool. for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll still be I'll still be at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. I've confirmed that, so I'll be able to do that. I'll see everybody at IPCPR. And we plan to and have my, you back as, as a I would love to as Any a guest t- on the show. Anytime you'll have me, I'll uh, be there. Several times during the year because it just wouldn't be the same without having you. Now a lot of folks don't know this, but we met Jack. We met you just you were just a dojo guy. Yeah, when I was 21. And the you were like, hey, I'm going to this event. Yeah, it was right you guys Cigar come, Fest. We met come at hang a, out. Uh, tattoo, uh, uh, Drew Estate event. Yeah, Cigars on, on On the dojo, and look at, look at me now. And now, boom, boom. Now Are you excited I, about I am, this? I couldn't be more excited. It's a really great yeah, opportunity with an awesome, awesome company and hanging out with all the guys down there. Right, right. It's going to be sweet. So all my, I'm going to be mm. in Arizona, Nevada, mm-hmm. and California. So I'm just going to be... Driving like crazy, meeting all the you know, so all my dojo people out there. I'll see you on the road. But this I'll be on the dojo. This just goes to show you that uh, you can, you know, you wanted to be in the cigar industry, and you found a way to, to yeah. do it, and that's awesome. That's super cool. What what are what when you went down, you did training. What are some of the things that you're like most excited about? In your new gig. Well, they, they just acquired Lars Tetons. I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody saw that. So there's going to be some, I'm sure, uh, new changes there. So that could be cool. I think that, you know, meeting all the guys down there and hanging out and just seeing what the day-to-day will look like, it's going to be really cool. A lot of uh, a lot of driving, but a lot of meeting new people mm-hmm. and going to cigar shops and, you know, talking about a pretty awesome company. So Well, that's exciting. And so we're really happy for you, Jack. And, and we're going to miss you. Yes. We're really going to miss you on, well, the, on I the will, dojo. Well, I will be on the, you know, I'll pick up, i got to pick up the app presence. I, I've yeah. slacked on the actual dojoing of the dojo, so that'll change. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, couldn't be more excited. And now, all that being said, we got to get back to business because the show must go on. Right. What so. did Jeff Todd say to me? I was like, oh, I'm, you know, and I'm not going to be on the show as much. And he just goes, yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about the show. No, the show's no, going to be fine. No, don't listen to Jeff. <laughs> it, it, it'll be... My it, cigar dad. I think he readopted me after disowning me for the whole national anthem bit. It, but it'll be hard to uh, to go I'm on not with even, that. I'm not even drinking whiskey. Boys, can somebody get me some whiskey? Yeah, it's whiskey night on the dojo. Guys, so there's this an amazing podcast uh, that you can watch on Facebook. It's also on the radio in, in uh, on ESPN. And uh, But the, the, if, if you're a dojo person, it'd probably be easiest to see it on Facebook. It's called Whiskey Neat, and the host of Whiskey Neat is our guest tonight. So let's welcome onto the show Christopher Hart. Welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome to Smoke Night Live. How are you doing, Christopher? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Wow, we're excited to have you. Like, I, 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 I've been watching your show. It's an amazing show. It's all about whiskey, and as you know, Christopher, I'm a big I'm a big bourbon guy, so we're excited to have you on the show. We're going to be talking all things whiskey, but before we get to there, Christopher, how how did you get into uh, doing a whiskey podcast? And then there's some other things that branched off of that since then. The you know this a big event in Houston, and so let's talk a little bit about how you just got into this industry, how you got into the to the whiskey industry. Yeah, you know, it actually it all started because of, uh, and I've, I've told the story almost almost to death, but uh, I was dating a, a very pretty girl that was way out of my oh. league, and I knew her da- <laughs> I knew her dad liked whiskey, and uh, you know I started putting on a little pounds with a beer, so I switched to whiskey a few years back, and uh, when we were just dating, and I found out my girlfriend's dad liked whiskey, so uh, I went out and I bought a bottle of scotch and brought it to Thanksgiving, and. Uh, we bonded for the first time, and and we've been together 13 years, and now we're married and have four kids, and wow, it, it just kind of spiraled. I, you know, whiskey's a <laughs> an incredible experience for exactly what we're doing right now. It's it's a social thing. You sit down. There's always a, a wo- there's always a woman behind these stories. <laughs> I was going to say, usually w- with my experience with whiskey, it's more of a downward spiral. You had an upward. <laughs> you might be the only person I've met that got into whiskey and like everything was just up. <laughs> usually, usually <laughs> my nights start, and then <laughs> that's amazing. So, talk a little bit about. So, what what came first? Was it the podcast? Um, was it no? Actually, actually, about okay. four years ago, uh, about five years ago, actually, I I was going to these whiskey events. You know, there's some great ones in Vegas, Chicago, New York, and we had a couple of them in Houston, but they were a bit shaky. And every year, we kept seeing less and less whiskey brands. It, it hurt my heart to see the fourth largest city in the nation just have these lackluster events. So I reached out to a bunch of these brands and just found out what they didn't like about these events, and, and uh, we aimed to fix it. So uh, four years later, we've done uh, six events or uh, five events, and uh, we're the largest event in the state, but that's still not saying much. We're still sitting on around 1,300, 1,400 people. Wow. But uh Slow growth, but you know we we get together as many people as possible. Four hundred whiskeys from around the world, and uh, it's just been an incredible experience. And this is called the uh, Houston Whiskey Social. That's correct. Yeah. So the Houston right? Whiskey Social started first, and actually, you know, it's funny. My my, we had a marketing guy that we were working with, and he had mentioned the podcast immediately, and we just didn't we didn't feel like we were right there yet. You know, I mean, podcasts are starting to blow up, and uh, we waited. And uh, another program took our place. There's a, a great program here in Houston called Smoking and Toasting, and it's a cigar, craft beer, and spirits show. And they did their podcast. And then when we were ready about a year ago, we started doing it. So the the, the festival came first, 
then the whiskey group, the Houston Bourbon Society, and, and now the uh, um, the the radio show. So it's it's been great. So talk about a little bit about the uh, Houston Bourbon Society. That sort of, sort of sounds like, you know, like, Oh, the Gentleman's I Club. I've got a monocle. <laughs> the Houston Bourbon Society. <laughs> <laughs> talk a little bit about so that. that. So it was funny. A guy that started it, a guy named Matt Phillips, he started it one night when he moved from Louisville, had a few drinks, sitting around with his girlfriend and decided he was going to start a group locally. And it was right at the same time that we started our whiskey festival. So it, it was a natural link up and we promoted the Bourbon Society at all of our festival events and they got their base there, the, the core group of a few hundred people. And... Uh, and then from there, it just kind of exploded. We're now the largest single market group in the nation of 5,500 people. Wow. Oof. That's a crazy amount of people. That Yeah, I mean, even... And we did about... Yeah. That's incredible. You're, you're sort of... We did about uh, 30 barrel projects last year. Sorry, there's a lag. <laughs> oh, 30, 30 barrel projects. Yeah, so we, we, we go to distilleries, and we'll pick out barrels, mm-hmm. and, and we buy them, and, and we buy a few, a couple every year for the event and for other stuff and then the fest, uh, the group itself we bring in quite a bit of products so we've got a a couple barrel projects that we were working on recently in fact this beer we did i don't know if you can see it we partnered up with a brewery locally and we gave them our whiskey barrels and they filled our whiskey barrels and with beer and we call it nice guy eddie and it's mm-hmm. a coconut barrel aged stout and it is Tremendous. So we, we're not just whiskey. We like it's basically the Houston Booze Society. <laughs> Any excuse to like mix some stuff in. Exactly right. Uh, that's amazing. Like that you were able to in such a short amount of time. I mean, an event with thirteen hundred people. That's you know you you sort of like sort of scoffed at that number, but that's a large. That's a large number. That's a big number. So what you guys are doing is impressive. So then you you go onto the podcast. You're on Facebook, but you can also hear yourself. On ESPN Radio, is that correct? Yeah, so the, the show airs on 97.5 FM here in Houston, uh, but also podcast platforms. So we don't get much of our audience from YouTube. Most of it's from Facebook because of all the bourbon groups are in Facebook. So uh, we we uh, we're, it's been going really well. And what kind of stuff do you talk about on the show? What's the show's theme? You, you know, it's funny you mention that. So, so it started with us just being able to talk to – uh, you know, people in the industry that I've been working with for the past five years for the festival. So we would invite them on. We've had on Fred No, mm-hmm. you know, the the I think it's the fifth generation master distiller for Beam. Mm-hmm. We've had on Bill Samuels, you know, from Maker's Mark, a lot of bourbon legends and the Bourbon Hall of Fame. And we've talked about their products and, and hopefully people can watch it and, and learn something new. And and, uh, and actually next week we have on two doctors from the Baylor College of Medicine to discuss alcohol abuse. So we'll see how that episode goes. <laughs> I I like the sound of that. What are you smoking, Christopher? You got a, a cigar there? Yeah. So uh, I, this year we partnered up with Jorge over at Stogies in Houston oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt Matt Booth at Room One Hundred One, and we worked on a little cigar micro batch of about two thousand sticks for the event. Uh, Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Dominican binder and filler, and it's just a, a great stick. Wow, that's cool. So this is like a like a match made in heaven. We've got uh, whiskey and cigars and beer. This is all the things that the cigar does. All the things that a growing boy needs. All of the things that a man needs. <laughs> You've had some pretty awesome guests on your show that weren't just in the whiskey industry. I saw you had T.J. Miller on not too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a 
so my ultimate goal is to get to the point that we can start interviewing some people that uh, are famous but but drink whiskey. My ultimate dream, I would love to sit down uh, with Hellboy, right? Ron Perlman would be oh, a great yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cigar guy. He's a whiskey guy. Uh, but we've had on T.J. Miller, who's uh, he's got a, an avid he's an avid fan of Japanese whiskey, mm. and that was uh, our. Uh, Dude, that episode saw uh, got to, uh, like thirty thousand views on Facebook, Jeez. and and we, you know all together we saw something like fifty thousand views total for that one episode, and it was it, he's just a funny guy that that loves whiskey. So we've got a couple guests coming up. Uh, Michael Yo, who was just on Joe Rogan's podcast, will be on next week, and um, uh, 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 Brad Williams, who's a, another comic. Uh, he's got mm. stuff. Uh, a few podcasts of his own that he does. So, I mean, listen, if you drink whiskey and you're the, – the, the tagline of the show is uh, spirited conversation okay. with interesting people. So if you're willing to have a drink with me and talk, then uh, it should be entertaining. And so, again, folks, this uh, podcast is the Whiskey Ooh. Meat Podcast. I like the logo. Yeah. Are it, you a, are you a redhead? I can't really tell. Like on it's the, the camp. The, the, <laughs> the beard, I'm a redhead, but ah. my, my hair on top is blonde. Okay. This is a cut. No, not a go, not gonna go there. This is the, uh, <laughs> what about? Jack, let's keep this last. Let's keep this last show with you, classy. Okay, sure, 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 sure. All right. Let's just uh, try to keep the level. Uh, sort I, of. This is uh, this is. I'm an employed man now. I can't be <laughs> can't be saying these things. <laughs> we we have some um, audience questions coming in. So if you guys have any questions on the app, just. Hashtag Ask Dojo so we can kind of filter them out. This was a question we got earlier today. What makes bourbon bourbon? What is the difference yeah, so between... Sorry, go ahead. What's the difference between bourbon? <laughs> I thought you were going. <laughs> Bur- like, there's, there's, you know, bourbon no, what's bourbon is a whiskey, but why is bourbon bourbon? bourbon? So bourbon is a... So whiskey is the overall category, right? right? It's, the, it's, the, it's like cars are the overall category for all vehicles. Then you've got trucks and you've got convertibles. Bourbon is a subset of whiskey, and it's got its own set of regulations that revolve around using a brand new barrel, although the regulations don't even say barrel. They just say brand new charred oak container. Uh, and it's got to be made with a mash bill of at least 51% corn. And, uh, you know, it's got a few regulations, but, uh, you know, can't be distilled above 160 proof, can't go in the barrel above 125 proof, and there is no minimum age requirement. You can pour bourbon distillate into a barrel, pour it right out and call it bourbon. A lot of people think that uh, for it to be bourbon, it has to be at least two years old. That's incorrect. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think you can't make bourbon outside of Kentucky. That's incorrect. But it does have you to be in America, bur- right? Yes, America, but also Washington, D.C. and uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, they, they get a pass. I did not see that was that's one of the ones Rico. That was one of the ones that I think a lot of people thought like it has to be like for a long time. I think people thought it has to come out of Kentucky to be a bourbon, but that's obviously not yeah, true at this old, point. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's an old wives' tale. the The old wives' tale was Bourbon County, Kentucky, but as of right now, there are no bourbons being bottled and produced out of Bourbon County, Kentucky. I think there's some recently being distilled and aged, but most of them, uh, you know, a lot of them are out of Louisville. Beam's not even in Bourbon County. Mm. Uh, Mike asks, "What whiskey? What whiskey would you recommend for a candy-ass lightweight newbie liquor drinker?" <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so a new a, a newbie, you know. Uh, so like we have we get that question a lot with cigars, mm-hmm. but this is a good one for you. 
uh, Christopher, as far as you know, bourbon or whiskey is concerned, uh, if a new guy was trying to sort of get his feet wet in the uh, whiskey in you know hobby, what what would you recommend? So I, I don't drink this much anymore, but I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, typically, most people aren't used to drinking spirits straight. They want to mix it with Coke first, then they want to put an ice cube, then they want to drink it straight, and then they move up in proof. So starting to, to drink something straight, I would try Basil Hayden's. It's 80 proof, but a great daily drinker and a lot of people in the bourbon community that know bourbon really respect Wild Turkey 101. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wild Turkey is one that I haven't really explored that much. Mm. Out of all, all these years, I should I should have by now, but I haven't. And, uh, you know, I, that this is one of the topics I really want to talk with you, Christopher, is about a few, you know, bourbon brands uh, I want to kind of go through. Um, one of the ones recently, uh, Old Forester has been making a lot of noise in the industry. So you they're have, killing it right yeah, now. Yeah, they're killing it right now. And... So two things I want, two of them, like they make, the the 86 is a great sort of low proof bourbon that's cheap. It's, I think it's sub $20. Um, And then the 100 is just a little bit more, but it's very, very good for a a low, low price. But the two I want to ask you about is the 1910. Now, I haven't got my hands on the 1910, but everybody seems to, like in these bourbon groups, talk about the 1910 as uh, as one of the ones to get your hands on. Have you had that one? And what is it about that Old Forester 1910 that seems to have everybody so jazzed up? So it's funny. Uh, a couple years ago, I want to say in 2016, they released something called 1920. Right. And ni- 1920 is a regularly available bourbon for about 55 bucks, And it blew it, – it caught everyone off guard. It's an absolutely fantastic whiskey. And then they released right after that something called Statesman for that movie. Right. Um, uh, what, that 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 there was a movie that they did it with. Statesman. <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Statesman. I think they should have released the Statesman first, then the 1920, then the 1910. The 1910. So people were a little disappointed with the Statesman, and then their their belief in the brand was reinvigorated with 1910, which is absolutely stellar. And it's sub fifty. You're looking at forty, forty-five bucks for Old Forester 1910, and you can find it pretty much anywhere. The thing they do differently is they do a double oak. They 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 char it and or they char a barrel, put it in there, and then they put it in another barrel. So you're getting really heavy, dark notes of oak. I mean, it's basically uh, just everything you want in a bourbon, but ramped up in terms of flavor. And and here's one uh, that. Christopher, that we this is crazy because tonight's whiskey night on the dojo. So like all the dojo guys in the studio, we're supposed to bring in a bottle of of whiskey of some sort, and four of us, Matt, f- four of us all brought the same bottle. It's the <laughs> uh, new Old Forester Rye. It, oh, there oh you my go. God! <laughs> five of us. Five. Now that like makes a- that makes five. <laughs> so, Christopher, talk about this. This is a really inexpensive rye. Uh, it's a hundred proof. Uh, I don't know. I think I paid twenty-five. It's about twenty-five bucks, Jordan. Like twenty-five to thirty. Twenty-five to thirty bucks. And this is relatively new, right, Christopher? And this stuff is absolutely knockout amazing for the, especially for the price. Yeah. So I, I'll be respectful of your last night there, Jack. Uh, <laughs> I want to say something that involves some expletives, but what I'll tell you is that is freaking amazing. Okay. <laughs> that, bottle right there, that bottle right there is 20 bucks. It's 100 proof. 
So there's a couple of key indicators when it comes to whiskey to let you know before you even taste it whether or not it's going to be a, a little more unctuousness behind the whiskey. And a bump in proof is a dead giveaway that there's going to be more flavor involved. And a hundred proof for and by the way, at Specs in Texas, we can get this for around 19 bucks. Wow, that's amazing. I would be homeless. <laughs> I, in my opinion, in, in 2016, I said that the number one bourbon of the year, in my opinion, that's widely available, was 1920. And in 2019, it's not bourbon, but the number one whiskey in the year, in my opinion, so far, is this 1920. And we gave away something like 10 cases, 10 12-pack, 120 bottles of that stuff at this social this year. Wow. It is everything you want in a, a bang-for-your-buck whiskey. Oh, my goodness. So now I am getting into, well, I'm forced to get into, which I'm excited about, Scotch. One of my companies. Yeah, because biggest, you guys have a partnership yes, with Lymphitic. Yes. So I, how do I, what do I go about that? I've heard that the 14 is like bourbon-y, and I'm a big bourbon guy. What, that's it. That's the road you take, and then you kind of, how yeah. do I, I got to get my toes wet, but I don't know what, where to start. So we've done a lot with Alec Bradley locally, as well as Glenfiddich. In fact, we're working on, and this is premature, it'll probably not make it anywhere, but we're working on a Netflix pitch for a show, and the first episode involved Glenfiddich, and we mm. feature the Glenfiddich 14 Bourbon Barrel Reserve tremendously. It is great introduction scotch. Nowadays, if you want a 14-year-old bourbon, you're paying $100 plus. Sure. And Glenfiddich 14 is widely available for 45 maybe 50 bucks, And it is a bourbon barrel or bourbon lover's introduction into scotch. I'm scared, Eric. I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah, Jack, you know, you're going to have to do I'm it. I'm going to be wearing the blazer with the pocket <laughs> square, and I got the scotch. You got the monocle. And I got a monocle now. I got I haven't, it's, I'm hoping it's shipped, but I haven't got it yet. Um, here's a here's a weird question. <laughs> here's, here's a weird question. Can I crash on your couch for a couple <laughs> weeks? In the end of June. No. Here's a weird question. Um, I see uh, whiskey, K E Y, and whiskey K Y spelled K Y. Why is there two different spellings of whiskey? So if uh, traditionally Scottish have always spelled it K Y, oh. and the the Irish spell it K E Y. And America has always spelled it K-E-Y, and Canada has always spelled it K-Y. But there's actually, in our regulations that define what whiskey is in America, in all the regulations, they spell it K-Y. Oh, K-Y. Y. Wait, we missed that. So we, as, as a country, say it again? Yeah, you, we, you cut out when you said we spell it what? We as a country. We as a country have always traditionally spelled it on our bottles, K-E-Y. Okay. But in our regulations, it's all spelled the same as the Scots. In fact, if you pull up that Old Forester bottle in front of you, it should spell it K-Y. Right. Old, Old Forester, yeah. Maker's Mark, uh, there's a few brands that spell it. Uh, I think Bullet does too, spell it K-Y. And it's just because they don't. They want to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of opinion. Right. Uh, or a matter of preference, I should say. Mm. Yeah, that 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 always is was kind of strange, and I noticed that, you know, even some of like Old Forester does it that with the KY. So I was wondering if there was any significance to that at all. But I apparently there, there just... is no significance whatsoever. Okay. All right, hey guys, uh, uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We're already halfway, Jack. We're it's at the, just we're flew at the by. we're at the halfway mark of the we're show. We're gonna do a four-hour show. This we're, one, just no. boom, five <laughs> hours, boom. Guess what? Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll come back. We have a few more questions that we're gonna do our weekly top five. 
and then that'll be it for the for the show. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be it'll be it'll and be over. You, <laughs> you're firing. You can never <laughs> leave <laughs> Alec Bradley if the show doesn't end. If the oh. show doesn't end, you can't. <laughs> so all right, so hang with us for one minute. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here. All right, Jack, we are back. Episode 192 of Smoke Night Live, a, a, a monumental episode. The best, some are calling it the greatest episode in Smoke Night Live history. Some. Some, like Jeff Todd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, our special guest is Christopher Hart of uh, Whiskey Neat Podcast. And we're talking all things whiskey, Jack, because tonight is hashtag whiskey a dojo. Which you think is great. Which and I, I totally think is, agree. Is an amazing hashtag. Totally agree. That I thought so of. That clever. Anybody that's under 30 seems to not even understand what that is. But let's face it, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest venue of all time in Los Angeles, where you're going, yeah, is, uh, is it open still? Yeah, is the whiskey. That's I, I'm going there. A go go. The whiskey straight, a go go. Straight there. And this is whiskey. You get it. Our name kind of sounds similar. Uh, to I'm going to take a picture. A go -go. dojo. Take a picture <laughs> of it. All right, you take a picture of it. I mean, like Motley Crue has played there. You know, the Ramones. I mean, a million bands have played there. And so it's hilarious. You know, you know bands, right? Bands. <laughs> they bands, play there. They play there, you know. Miley so Cyrus. We're, I, don't know about, she played I don't know about Miley Cyrus. Have I, you heard I, the song I, with the, that her dad recorded? With the, it was like a rap song. It was awesome. That's, that's just my whole thing right there. Wow. It's called Old Town Road. I tried to play it. You remember I tried to play it and Bill Lives wouldn't let me. I was doing like a cool little. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we're talking whiskey with Christopher Hart. Let's bring him back on the show. Christopher uh, thanks again for joining us on this Friday night. We got some more questions for you. Uh, here's an interesting one, Christopher. One of the whiskeys that we used to always get and bring into Dojo Studios was Henry McKenna. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Henry McKenna is the like toast gold. of the town. Uh, talk about this. What do you think of them winning, you know, Whiskey of the Year? And the fact that, you know, this is a sub, it was a sub $40 bourbon. It was sub 30 a it second ago. It was sub 30 a second ago. And now I see people selling it for $199. How do you feel about oh Henry God. McKenna winning Whiskey of the Year from, I, I, you can tell me who, who awarded that, but uh, that's a pr this is pretty interesting that such a, a small priced bourbon would win such a prestigious award. So uh, I'll tell you, it's a bit of a, a, a misdirect, unfortunately. Um, I have my issues with award shows simply because it's pay to play. And if, if you pay, most of them receive some sort of an award. Um, but 
But I will say this. Andrew McKenna, 10-year-old single barrel bottle and bond is a great bargain whiskey. It always has been. But is it whiskey of the year? No. But even if it was, it's a single barrel. So unless you're buying that specific single barrel, the one that won, which I think was barrel 46, 39 <laughs> or something, it, it's not you're not getting the same thing. So all this hype of selling it for 200 bucks, which I didn't even know was happening. I've seen it as high as 80 makes me want to blow my brains out a little bit. <laughs> it's a good how whiskey. Do you, how do it's you a good really feel? Don't hold back on this one. I want to know how you actually feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> and we do a lot with heaven Hill. You know, I'm a fan of heaven Hill. I'm a fan of what they do. We've had Bernie lovers on our show who is their national brand guy for them. Uh, they're doing great stuff, but, uh, is it whiskey of the year? Absolutely not. Is it a bargain? It's a bargain at forty-five bucks. Right. So it's not a bargain at two hundred. <laughs> so Christopher, we're we're in what people refer to as the the bourbon boom, and I don't know exactly know when this started. All I know, yeah, it was like three years, whatever, whatever all, year where you just couldn't even get any. All I know is I used to be able to get Pappy Van Winkle poppies. <laughs> Some would say, <laughs> "Don't say that. <laughs> Don't make fun of John Parker." I all I know, <laughs> all I know is that we could, we used to get Pappy Van Winkles, Winkles. off the shelf, and <laughs> now guys, we can't. Pappy no. Van Winkles. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't get it no matter what I do, and so like I like it. I like Fifteen Year. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I like fifteen year. I don't know about you, Christopher. He's but got some. He's, he's got, got some, some in shot. He's yeah, got some in shot. But when did this whole bourbon craze start? When did the bourbon? Are are we in the beginning still of this? Are we in the middle of it? Are we in the end of it? Help me figure this whole bourbon boom out. <laughs> well, um, I think it started, and some may disagree with me. The bourbon boom, I think, started when Pappy Van Winkle won an award in the mid nineties, and at the time they couldn't give it away. They were putting it in fancy decanters. They were trying to do what they could to sell it, but it won some award, just like Henry McKenna. And slowly but surely, over time, it became this crazy, hard to get thing. I think we're still in the early stages of this bourbon boom. Really? I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's. People keep talking about a bubble. No, look at beer, look at wine. You go to a wine store, H E B or or whatever, you know, Kroger or whatever, Albertsons or whatever is in your part of the the world. But most grocery stores that have a decent wine collection are sitting on 250 different kinds. Liquor stores, I think bourbon is definitely jumping the shark in some areas. Mm. Some of these bourbons, like for instance, uh, MGP out of Indiana is responsible for a lot of distillate now and a lot of they make whiskeys. Like, being, they make like Bullet and those kind of brands, right? Well, they make Bullet Rye. Four okay. Roses for years was making regular Bullet Bourbon. So, and and even now, when you buy Bullet Bourbon, you're, what you're buying is Four Roses. Okay. Uh, they they stopped making it two years ago, and they're still working through those stocks. But uh, I think we're jumping the shark in terms of ten-year-old bourbon being released for 150 bucks. Uh, there was a, a bourbon that came out recently called Mike Drop that I think, or no, perfect example is Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl is a non-age stated whiskey, a bourbon, and it comes out now for 300 bucks with no, you know, it's it's not worth its weight in gold. And I think we're jumping the shark in terms of price, but bourbon's not going anywhere. I mean, the fact that Old Forester could still come out with things like this for 20 bucks, there's still great bourbon being made out there for a reasonable price. I think we're simply jumping the shark shark in terms of price, but. 
bourbon is still in early stages. I mean, there's still great things being brought out. So you'd say, as far as the bourbon boom is <clears throat> is it considered, we're in the early stages. This could get worse. If you were to section it off into, let's say, a five star system, I think we're at stage two. Wow. We I, I think, Defcon I think two. We still got, <laughs> bourbon we still is got, at Defcon two. <laughs> Do you think we still got? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like Jordan, Jordan, the producer. Uh, go ahead, George. Like. <laughs> Just in my experience, it seemed like it got kind of out of hand around 2010. Do you think that maybe they – is there word that they actually made more around that time? Are we going to start seeing uh, more pappies each year, that kind of thing? Right now, Buffalo Trace has a problem that they can't keep up with any of their products. I think it got out of hand in 2015, 2016. Two years ago, I could still find Weller 12 on the shelf. Now, mm. I see people flipping old Weller Antique and, and even Special Reserve, the, the, the bottom of the barrels. No pun intended. The craze is definitely peaking. I think people are going to start settling down a little bit, but bourbon's not going anywhere. There's still distilleries popping up. All, I mean, there's like, I think, three new distilleries scheduled for Isla, for Scotch, and another three in Houston. I mean, Texas whiskey right now is exploding and they're, they're in the infant stages. So we're definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. But I just think what we'll, we'll see is I think we'll eventually see like Buffalo trace just came out with something called foolproof. I was going to, I was going to bring that up to you. Yeah. Instead of, instead of ramping up production for old Weller antique, I think what they'll do is you'll start seeing more labels more brands come out from buffalo trace and those labels will have more availability old weller antique we're still not seeing an increase in that really um but foolproof came out and last year with cypb craft your perfect bourbon uh buffalo trace is coming out with new versions of the same stuff in a with a prettier label mm. yeah a lot of people are sort of mad at the weller foolproof because they feel like it's going to take away from the stock of Weller 12 and Antique. Uh, so what do we know about Weller Foolproof in general? Do, you, do, do we know much about that yet? That's supposed to come out this summer, right? Yeah, so basically for years, part of the secret for Buffalo Trace and being so crazily coveted is the, is the price. They haven't raised their price for anything really, except maybe a few bucks here and there. What you've seen is, uh, you know, Eagle Rare is still thirty bucks if you can find it. Oh, Weller Antique is still thirty bucks if you can find it. Weller Twelve is still thirty-five bucks if you can find it at that price. If you see it for a higher price, it's that liquor store taking advantage of you a little bit. Right. I think you should welcome full proof because all it is is it's Old Weller Antique at a higher proof, and it's their reason to raise prices a little bit. Instead of raising the price on a Weller Antique a crazy amount, like if you remember last year, maybe the year before, Booker's. Booker's, right. Booker's wanted to go from $50 to $100, and everyone flipped out. Right. So they, they backpedaled a little bit and made it 75 bucks, and people still were kind of pissed about it. Mm. So <laughs> I think this is Buffalo Trace learning from Beam's mistake and how to market price increases by simply changing the label, giving it a small bump in proof, and you can go from – a $25 bottle to a $50 bottle. Oh, okay. That does make sense. I didn't even think of it that way. It's sort of a way to not uh, ruffle Piss too many people off. feathers, you know, and, and do it a different way. But will that affect the quantities of the other wellers? We don't know that yet, right? 
you're going to see a price increase on Weller 12, and you're going to see a price increase on OWA, uh, Old Weller Antique. <coughs> but I think what we'll see, uh, I, I had an event last year with uh, Harlan Wheatley, the master distiller of Buffalo Trace, and we talked about the amount of product that Buffalo Trace is putting in the barrel right now. They're putting in something like a thousand barrels a day, which is absolutely insane, those quantities. We're not in a bourbon shortage. But if they increase price a little bit and they keep releasing in small quantities, then that mitigates the demand until they can catch up with production. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense. You kind of touched on this earlier. Um, what, what states besides Kentucky are kind of trending upwards as far as whiskey goes? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. So I didn't even almost. write it. <laughs> I, didn't, I will take complete credit for that question that I wrote down earlier. <laughs> almost, uh, almost every state. So right, right now, there's a couple new distilleries out of Colorado that are killing it. Spirit Hounds is a brand new distillery. Um, Texas has seen a surge of Texas whiskey. Now they're still trying to solve how to make it taste good. <laughs> I mean, Texas. <laughs> Respectfully, there are a lot of good. In fact, there's a distillery out of Houston called Whitmire's that no one's heard of nationally that is making something easily, in my opinion, the best Texas whiskey that tastes the closest to what most people think of bourbon. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it's in the two and a half year, three year mark if you're lucky. Mm. But they just aren't selling out to these big conglomerates and getting national attention. So for those of us in Houston, we've got this best kept secret of Texas whiskey. But there's other places in Texas that are just killing it right now. Balcones, Iron Root, Tawakero, which is a brand new distillery out of North Texas. I mean, Texas is seeing an, an explosion. Kentucky seeing an explosion. There's a couple of places in Washington, D.C. I mean, Magnus has been popular in recent years. Uh, uh, Washington. Uh, I mentioned Colorado. I mean, you're seeing, uh, uh, you know, Vermont, West Virginia. You're seeing an explosion in a lot of places. Now, Christopher, I got to imagine, you know, throughout the years, you've accumulated a pretty insane collection of whiskey. What does your stock look like? What are some of the crazier things you have? Just kind of brag for like five minutes about your situation. <laughs> well, it, it's it, it happened uh, as a byproduct. You know, a, a few years ago when I started collecting, uh, however long ago that was, when I got up to 20 bottles on top of my fridge, my wife was worried what people would think. <laughs> but for those of you who collect cigars or collect whiskey or collect beer, the trick is to simply write it out. Eventually, your wife will stop complaining. She'll just get beaten down. <laughs> the, this is my life now. It's part of the business. I mean, you guys, obviously, I would be willing to bet that you guys are sitting on at least a thousand cigars, right? I mean, you guys that's, have that's made very this low, entire yeah, empire. That's, yeah, that's a very low number. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Eric, but in terms, of whiskey, in, in terms of whiskey, there's quite a few guys in Houston sitting on 600 plus bottles, including wow. myself. And we, in fact, for our whiskey festival, we gave away 600 bottles. Sheesh. And uh, so, you know, and like tonight I brought, this is the 2011 Pappy uh, Twenty-year-old, and which, which, by the way, you're absolutely right. Uh, Pappy Fifteen is the best of the bunch for it, sure. It seems what is like being produced. Christopher, I, this is the way I judge people in the in the whiskey industry. I judge them by I always ask them like, "What's your favorite version of Pappy Van Winkle?" And if they say anything other than fifteen, I say, <laughs> "You're that, done. <laughs> that guy has you're dead to me. <laughs> you're dead yeah, to Chris, me, Christopher." <laughs> 
And you know what's better than Pappy is the BTAC collection. Yeah. I mean, what what they're producing with like William LaRue Weller, right. Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, uh, that stuff is is hands down better than pretty much anything in the Pappy line. And if you can get it at retail, it's ninety bucks. Mm. Christopher, you know? Christopher, I I actually we this this gets debated in Dojo Studios to. I mean, to the ridiculous degrees. Like, what could liquor stores do to help mitigate this problem? So here's the problem. I'll just I'll just pose the problem. The problem is, uh, Pappy and and bourbon in general, retail prices aren't very high. So the black the black market prices are so high. The aftermarket, yeah. The aftermarket prices are so high that these poor liquor stores they get this. You know, they they might get one case. They might get you know one bottle of twenty three. They get three bottles of 20, they get 10 bottles of 15 and so on. So they have just this really small amount of of whiskey that comes in from from Buffalo Trace of this highly demanded bourbon, but the prices of those are relatively cheap. We're talking, you know, 100 bucks, a little bit more for some of the the older ones, and they take calls for 2 months, 3 months, Christopher. Do you guys when when can we come in and buy pappies? When can we come Oh, you know, da 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 da. da. And so this they're spending all of this effort, all these resources, dealing with all of these calls, and they don't really make that much from the allotment that they get from the distributors. So, what you know, we, we have all these theories of what would be a better system, but it seems like from the liquor store's perspective, they're spending a lot of time and effort in something that they're really not making a, a huge profit on. How do you solve that problem? So this is, I, you know, I. I pride myself on not being too dogmatic or opinionated in one way or another on most things, but this is something I have a very strong opinion on. Ooh, okay. Good, it's, I like it. It's it's very simple to me. Uh, a lo- lot of these stores are fighting to get these bottles in their store, but the way that they do that across the board is through those relationships with distributors. For instance, uh, there's a store in North Houston uh, called Ryan's Liquor. And he's a small mom-and-pop store, and he's fine for his allocation so that he can get those rare bottles in for his favorite customers. And the way that you do that is by selling enough product that, like, for instance, uh, one month, the focus item for that rep was uh, Wheatley Vodka. They wanted to sell Wheatley Vodka, so they told him, you bring in 10 cases of Wheatley Vodka, and I'll give you a Thomas H. Handy and a George T. Stag or a Pat B. 15 or whatever. That store owner only gets those things by the fact that I go there and I spend X amount of dollars per year with them. Right. I could go to Specs or a big store and save money, but instead I support mom and pop local. Well, those stores wouldn't be getting those bottles if I didn't spend, you know, ten grand a year with that store. And there's believe it or not, there's a lot of people who spend that kind of money. So if I'm if I'm paying at a higher rate to support the mom and pop store, and he doesn't call me. And say, or there's some stores that have so many big spenders, like NASA Liquor in Houston. What they do is they do a raffle. So I think, in my opinion, and it's just an opinion, I think that that store would not have those products if I didn't spend so much money with X amount of dollars a year with them. The only reason why they're getting them is because I burned through their daily drinkers, their old Forrester Rye 1920 or, or, or whatever. I'm sorry, their old Forrester Rye or their 1920. It kind of chaps my ass when he calls me and he wants to sell it to me for a secondary value. If you want to sell me the Pappy bottle for $1,000 when I spent ten grand with you throughout the year, 
no, I'll just go to specs. And if I spend 10 grand at specs, they'll give me the bottle at retail for 90 bucks. Mm. So in my opinion, I think the best way is that if you're a mom and pop, you should be calling your regulars. It's a relationship. The only reason why they support you is because they want to help support a mom and pop. And if you're not calling to support those people, it's just like any other business, right? So vice versa, if that store is so busy that they have so more big spenders than they have available to give away, then I think the raffle is the best way. And you're, a lot of stores have adopted that policy. You're going to – A know. lot of stores – you're gonna actually, Go you're gonna absolutely hate my answer. I can tell you right now, <laughs> you're gonna hate my solution. And my solution, I've been, I, 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 I've you didn't been, even like it. I don't even like <laughs> it at first. At first, but okay. it has grown on me, Christopher. And my solution is to let the so, sort of let the market start to take its toll. In that, th- the the liquor store should be allowed because they're normally. I mean, I know some liquor stores sell. You know, Pappy and, and the antique collection for high amounts, but they're not supposed to do that. I think that they should just be allowed to up the prices. Pappy 15 is $500. And that way, at least, like, you can go into some of these liquor stores, Christopher, and you can see, like, a really nice bottle of scotch that's $1,200, but at least it's there. I have the opportunity to walk in and buy it if I want to spend that money. And if they did that with bourbon, then... This liquor store says, okay, we've got Pappy 15, it's $900. And then this liquor store over here says, okay, well, we have it for 850 And eventually it would reach a price that was market-based and maybe it's 350 or whatever. And I would, I would do that. Like every year I might buy a bottle of 15 for 350 At but least it's an option. But at least it would be an option for me. Right now it's not even an option for me. I can't even get it no matter what I do unless I go to Facebook or one of these, you know, black market groups and spend $1,500. So you're right. You're absolutely right. I absolutely hate that answer. Yeah, <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> so there's someone mentioned in the in the comments here, Kevin, he says, Total Wine has it at retail for their premium member level. Total Wine, basically, if you spend, you know, you get a point for every, or 10 points for every dollar you spend. If Total Wine says, look, if you spend three grand a year, then at the end of the year, when we get our allocation, we'll make it first come, first serve for those people who spend X amount of dollars with us. I think that's how it should be handled. In all honesty, I don't know what the big chain store is in your area, but for us, it's Specs. Specs or Total Wine, these are the big chain stores that will sell it. All your daily drinkers, all your Four Roses, Single Barrel, your Old Forester, Rye, they sell it to us below what mom and pops get it for. I could spend 10 grand at a mom and pop store for the year or you know five grand i could spend five grand at a mom and pop store for the year or i could spend and get the same number of bottles at specs or the, the big stores and spend maybe four grand i, I saved myself a thousand dollars right off the top i'm supporting those stores because they do get it for a higher markup than, than than specs or total wine those stores it costs them more to get those bottles in their their costs are are more in general with overhead, retail, rent, whatever the, the, the whole thing is. There's a store locally, and he's actually watching now. His name's Kunal at Liquor Hut. We've had people, there's a guy, Omar, that spends 3000 a year for some charity raffle thing. And when that great bottle comes in, he calls him and says, Hey, thank you for spending three grand at my store mm-hmm. in one go. I've got a bottle coming up. Do you want it? And you're, you're rewarding each other. I mean, honestly, that store would not have gotten that bottle if I if I wasn't spending five grand or ten grand a year with them, or if multiple people weren't. 
when you support local, that's how they get those bottles to begin with. Mm. So when they're selling it to you at secondary, uh, there's actually another guy, uh, EP Carrillo rep, uh, Alan Denny, he's watching. He spends a lot of money at a local mom and pop store, a lot of money, because he hates the big guys. And he got a call last year, and they said, we've got a George T. Stag if you want it. He says, absolutely, thanks for the call. How much? It's $800. Well, go F yourself. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, you're, you're taking advantage. You got that bottle for 70 bucks, and you only got it because I came in and bought whiskey throughout the year and, and spent money with you and a lot of money with you when I could have gone elsewhere. I just, I just don't. I don't see the the return. I feel like you're basically trying to uh, you're you're trying to pull one over on your best customers. And it's just not the right mentality. The, the one of the problems I've always had with that strategy is that at least around here, the guys that are spending all that all, the most money are all wine guys, and most of the time they don't they get it, but they don't even appreciate it. Us bur- Ooh, like uh, us bourbon guys, we don't. You're going the bourbon guy route. We don't spend as us much. Us bourbon as the wine guys, guys, we're blue collar men. We don't. <laughs> right. We get out of the I, coal mine every day, and we just want our glass of bourbon. <laughs> <and> I don't. <laughs> I understand that mentality, and you're not wrong. But I'm telling you that in my experience, even before the event, it's not hard to find a local mom and pop store that could use you being a regular. Even here in Houston, where bourbon and whiskey is exploding, it's not hard to find a store to support locally, and you can very easily be their number one customer without spending five grand a year or ten grand a year. It's not hard, but coming in there regularly, building those relationships, and they'll be calling you first. Mm. I got a liquor store that texts me. <laughs> I love that. They just tweet you. I, all hey, right, buddy. We got what? We got one last. Uh, topic before we go to our weekly top five which is going to be a great weekly yeah, top five well, I, I wonder what it's about yeah i wonder what it's about jack um so I- here in dojo studios christopher we've been doing this legacy bourbon idea that uh, i got online and so essentially legacy bourbon is you just basically pour like the very ends of all of your bourbons into like a nice decanter matt maybe you can hand me our Maybe you can hand me our yeah, legacy bourbon. Just pour bourbon. some in my glass, too, because I'm, um, I'm running low. So this is a really cool thing. might be something fun for folks that are watching or listening um, that could do. Here, t- give me a little. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of this. Here, here's our decanter that we got on eBay for, I don't know. Ten thir- grand. Thirty-dollars. <laughs> Fifty thousand yen. And um, so so have you have you tried doing this? Is this something that you've heard of uh, guys are doing? Are we cool? Are we? Are <laughs> Please. <laughs> Throw us a bone, Christopher. <laughs> Talk about legacy bourbon. So uh, we we call them locally infinity uh, infinity bottles. Okay. Yes. And, and it's where you kind of pour your ends, uh, your leftover bourbon into a glass. I I have one. I've got one in my kitchen, but it's not intentionally that. Basically, when we've got to make room and there's a few ounces left of any bottle, we just pour it in that decanter. And if someone comes over and they want to mix something, or if they want to you know, they're not big on bourbon, but they want to try something. Or if we get a wild hair and want to taste it. Uh, I have one as well, but I don't do it intentionally. And it's not like I'm you trying like spit to, in yours, to like... build an infinity bottle. <laughs> I, th- I think they're fun. You know, I, th- I definitely think they're fun. And there's, there's no, nothing wrong with it at all. Um, but you, sometimes you get an interesting mix if, you don't, if you're not always mixing bourbon. Like if you've got a couple ounces of rye in there, some scotch or some American whiskey, you get some pretty interesting results. Uh, but I, I think they're fascinating. In fact, there's a, a producer out of Kentucky called Barrel Craft Spirits that actually released mm. something called their Infinite Barrel Project. 
And their Infinite Barrel project is a mix of everything they've done up to that point. Wow. And that includes some Scotch whiskey, some rum, some American whiskey, some bourbon. And it's an interesting some result. Wheatgrass shots when they had a weird week. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. We actually have some Pappy 15 in ours. Um, oh, we have a quick question here from Brad from from Tampa. Tamps. Uh, my eyes are bad. Jack, <laughs> can you read that? Can you read the question to Christopher? Uh, he says he can tell the difference between craft beer and cheap beer. What does he look for in the difference between higher-end bourbon and cheap bourbon? That's a good question. That's a great question. So uh, a lot of the big producers have it down to a science. So like for Bean, their Jim Beam white label, they've got it down to an exact science. And they will barrel-age whiskey I believe the white label is the bottom floor of their rickhouse. And they just they can literally set it and forget it. There's no need to check in on it. They know that within X amount of years, it's perfect to just batch up and bottle. I notice in Beam, Evan Williams, a lot of bottom shelf bourbon, I notice a distinctive, what I like to call like a, a peanut oil or an almond oil note. Like a, There's a distinctive note that you get from cheap bourbon and the way to mitigate that, the way to appreciate it the best way possible is if you can get it a little higher. So Evan Williams makes 100 proof. Cheap, cheap bourbon, you get a handle for like 23 bucks. It's okay as long as it's at least 100 proof. But once you get down to that 80 proof, I, I just I can't enjoy it that it's too – you can taste the difference. Mm. Uh, but, but a great – like I said earlier, a great bourbon that everyone in the bourbon industry it well respects is Wild Turkey 101. 101 proof. So even though it's that that bottom shelf bourbon, we're talking twenty bucks for a hundred and one proof classic Kentucky bourbon, it's still good bourbon. Have you have you had the old Bartons? A lot of people talk about that as like a really good cheap bourbon. I mean, it, I wouldn't say. Are you talking about the the the? It used to be Barton six year, and now it's just got a six on it, which doesn't mean anything. It just, it's a fake age statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, honestly, I would. Spend a few bucks more for 1792. So Barton 1792 is a great product, and you okay. can get uh, the single barrel, which is like uh, I think it's like 95 proof for for 28 bucks, 30 bucks, and you can get the full proof for 39 all day. And for 39 bucks for 125 proof bourbon, it'll it'll put some hair in your chest, and you're still getting great quality Kentucky bourbon. Well, there you go, Brad. I uh, hope you like that answer, guys. It's time for our weekly top five. Hey, don't don't go away, Christopher. Hang. You can, in fact, as we chip do, in, yeah. As we do the weekly top five, feel free to uh, chip in. So, Jack, this this weekly top five. I don't know. I just this topic. Oh, okay. It just came, <laughs> it just came up. The the top five. Uh, you know. How would you how'd you phrase it? I don't. Uh, yeah. You know, like. The top five times when like somebody was really close to another somebody person. was really close to somebody and then they left and they did something else. Okay, so like so like, like, a, like say you you know you're buddies with a guy, you're really and you close work with friends, him and you know you spend know, all this time together, and then for all of a sudden he he leaves. Oh, and he, okay. Or he does something you know horrible to you. <laughs> okay, you know, so like a weekly to top five betrayals. <laughs> oh, okay. the weekly <laughs> top five betrayals in all of history. So I I mean I don't know uh, just just any, any I was specific just, I was spitballing okay yeah, I, I, I was just spitballing you know I came up with some uh, so we'll do uh, number one <laughs> number one betrayal uh, Brutus you know Brutus he too Brute you know <laughs> Caesar he was like he was like Caesar's nephew and then you know like he was actually a part <laughs> okay. of killing 
He was actually a part of killing Caesar, Jack. Okay. You know? Well, maybe Brutus, you know, had a really nice opportunity. <laughs> and Brutus felt bad about it. I'm sure Brutus wasn't didn't want to do it, but you know, Brutus maybe saw like a really nice empire that was maybe not next to his empire and yeah. decided maybe yeah. it would be a good opportunity for him. Right. I'm know? not defending Brutus, but you know, maybe he just had somebody somebody <laughs> called Brutus and said, Hey, Brutus, we got this thing, you wanna check it out? And then Brutus was like, Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, I got so much going on already, sure. I'll check it out. You know, sure, who, yeah. who can blame Brutus in this situation? I don't know. All right, next, uh, number two is uh, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> no, Benedict Arnold, he, you know, ended up with, you know, fighting with the British. You sure, know, sure, sure. Similar thing, I bet, similar with Cedar. I, I, bet, I bet Brutus, uh, Brutus uh, and Benedict kind of like, maybe they were really conflicted about the decision, and obviously... They felt bad. I'm sure. I'm sure Benedict Arnold felt bad. You would have. You would have thought that you know Benedict would have wanted to stick it out a little longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Benedict. He's probably really conflicted internally yeah. about the whole thing, and then maybe Benedict. Yeah. Maybe Benedict, you know, had spent some time in Britain previously and sure. felt like it was a pretty nice place, and yeah. Britain could be a good possible place, you know. And then Benedict, you know, did what he did. Here's one, you know, Judas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, Judas. You know, he whispers. This was a little bit harder to defend. I, re- I, I sort of remember, like, there was a time when you whispered in my ear, like, you know, hey, I'm Eric, I'll never leave. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I'd had a few too many, and um, yeah, Judas had some, some some coins. Maybe there was like those nice coins that he got. <laughs> I don't know. Money was good, I guess. All right, how, how about this one? This is a, a you know a TV based one. The Red Wedding. <laughs> this is very topical. The Red Wedding on Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know this one. I'm, I just got no comment. There's, on this one. You got it's no, coming back this weekend. There's no. You got no answer for this one. Right? No answer. That one was tough. The pregnant lady getting murdered was was pretty tough. Uh, no, 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 no spoiler alert. No spoiler. Spoiler alert. Check out the show, guys. It's like season eight. All right, how about this one? The the Baltimore Colts. They in the middle of the night, up and leave. And head to, <laughs> well, actually, they head to they head to Baltimore. They were the <coughs> Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and well, then boom, you know, like it, there was a time where the fan, everyone the, trusted the them. fans <laughs> of the show, which was the football game, <laughs> sure, which yeah, was the yeah, football yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved the they loved the Colts. And yeah, then in well, the middle of the night, well, all, the all Colts, of a sudden, all the Colts fans, I'm the, sure, you know, they were gone. I'm sure the Colts fans could understand after a certain amount of time, the, and then occasionally the Colts would come back and they would play <laughs> in Indy, but they were not the Colts anymore. And I'm sure that, <laughs> right? I'm sure that the fans eventually understood. Grew to understand, understood. That's what I'm hoping. You know, but they still to this day get booed when they show up. Sure. You know, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. When they show up in studio, or I mean at the stadium. <laughs> oh, okay. When okay. they show cool, up cool, cool. at the stadium, they get booed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, you know that that folks right there is the weekly top five betrayals in history. <laughs> and we, I think we covered them all. Yeah. There's probably there's, no other there's one that has happened no since. No other. <laughs> I couldn't even think of one. I can't think of any other of my head, a situation that's close to that. Yeah, that no. Where there was a guy that yeah. was beloved by his, oh, absolutely. his yeah. group, <laughs> and then he just li- you know leaves over a weekend, essentially. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't. It doesn't even ring a bell. All right, so uh, Christopher, we want to thank you for taking the time on this Friday night to join us on Smoke Night Live, brother. So much information. We appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, guys, you got to check out – Hey. 
Tell everybody how they can check out your show, where they can, if they can join the Houston Bourbon Society and the, the Whiskey Social. Uh, tell, tell everybody how they, you know, come across what you're doing and your show and everything else. Absolutely. If you are adjacent to Houston, which means if you are in Texas, you can join the Houston Bourbon Society. <laughs> uh, the Houston Whiskey Social happens every year. Next event will be in February. You can check that out at HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. And uh, the, the podcast slash radio show will be on 97.5 FM here in Houston. But you can also check it out at MyWhiskeyNeat.com. When people ask why My Whiskey Neat, it's because I like My Whiskey Neat. Mm, and, uh, so yeah, you can check it on all iTunes platforms, podcast, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the whole nine yards. We're on all podcast platforms as well. Every episode airs uh, on Friday. And uh, I think this week we just aired an episode with uh, a couple of local Houston legends and a celebrity chef, Chris Shepard. So oh, awesome. it's, uh, he's, he's been on some Netflix shows, and uh, including uh, Ugly Delicious, which was his last Netflix oh, show awesome. that he was on. Um, it's, it's a great show, spirited conversations with interesting people. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Don't, don't leave. We'll talk to you after the show's over um, for a second, so don't go away. But, guys... Uh, it's Friday night, Jack. It's, it's Whiskey A Dojo. It's yes. now playing. Do your now playing on the Dojo app. Have a good time. Jack, I just got to say uh, on air how much fun it's been Yes, uh, having you on our show. Obviously, this is not the end. No, no, no. Not even no, close no, no, to no. the end. We're going to have you back as a recurring guest. I would love that. But any, you'll be representing Alec Bradley, which Jack is the fantastic. Rapper. Jack the Rapper. Shout out Alec Bradley. But you've, you've added so much to the show, yes. and we've had such a great time. And not only... Not only have you been fun on the show and everything, but you've come to just be such a good friend to to Jordan and Dominic and Matt and Anthony and everyone Emma, except for Anthony, yeah, and and all of us. <laughs> it's it's really been amazing, and I I just honestly I'm just so excited yes. for you and your, I can't your even, opportunity. I'm getting, I'm getting a little misty. Eric. I'm getting, I, can't I am too. I'm getting yes. a little misty, but uh, it's been an amazing run. Well, yeah, none of this could have happened without the dojo. That's the power of the dojo. The I, of the I dojo. downloaded an app on my iPad in 2013. And now I'm moving to California to sell cigars. That's what the incredible. Heck? What the heck? And we're we're more than excited for yes, you. Yes, well, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. I don't. This think has been so much fun, and I'm. It's just getting started. There's not going to be a more fun cigar rep in the United States. Not a more handsome one either than this guy right here. So when you if you're in California and there's an Alec Bradley event, I guarantee you're going to want to go there because there's J Jordan will attest to this <laughs> when we travel. There's no more yeah. of a fun guy than right here, and uh, he's made the show better. It's been an amazing run. We've had a great time, but we'll see you at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. We'll see you yes. at the IPCPR. And I'll be, I'll be making – I mean, I'll yeah. come back. If you guys make the championship and you're not losers for the hockey, I'm flying back. Oh, yeah, you're flying in. I'm flying in. Don't do it. Win one for the Gipper. All right. So, <laughs> Win one uh, for the Repper. Let's have some fun tonight, Dojo. We'll see you next Friday night. Uh, regular Smoke Night Live. We did uh, Thursday and Friday this Smoke week. Smoke Alec Bradley. But uh, <laughs> next week <laughs> we'll be back to Friday it. night. We'll have a good time. Remember, until then, never, never smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys Friday night. Hey, my friends. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out all the amazing features we offer at JRCigars.com. Join our JR Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar of the Month Club and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. 
You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar, the world's largest cigar store just a click away.